Welcome to Life School Series 2, Bumps and Babies. As I record this today, I am currently 23 weeks and 4 days pregnant with my first baby, which I'm so excited to share I now know is a little girl. I'm still in the process of recording this series, and my plan was to start releasing episodes once I'd finished recording with all my wonderful guests. However, in light of the current global situation with coronavirus, recording for now is on hold. So I've decided to share with you the episodes I've recorded so far over the past couple of months. I know many of us are currently self-isolating at home with lots of time on our hands, so what better time to listen to your favourite podcasts or perhaps discover some new ones? As a first-time mum, pregnancy, birth and babies is a whole new world for me and I personally want to educate myself as much as I can before my little one arrives. From positive birth stories, information on hypnobirthing, water births, c-sections, baby massage and more, I hope throughout this series I can shed some light on just some of the areas you may be worried about or even just intrigued about. Thank you to all the incredible birth workers and women who have made this series possible so far and thank you so much for listening. My guest for this episode is Louise Atkinson, an experienced birth and postnatal doula and certified infant massage instructor who has been living in Dubai for over six years. Louise was also the doula of my Bumps and Babies episode 11 guest, Rachel Burford, and you can listen to her beautiful birth experience now on all major podcast platforms. So without further ado, here's my conversation with the lovely Louise. Happy listening. Louise, welcome to Life School. Hello, thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you so much for being with me today. And I know we've been in touch in the lead up to this, so I'm really excited about this me episode. Too. Um, I want to start by talking about your own pregnancies and births. Um, you have two children, is that right? I do, yes. So let's start with the eldest, the first one. So how was okay. your pregnancy and your birth? Okay, so as a doula, um, I, you will hear doulas often say that we will not talk about our personal experiences with pregnancy and birth, just because we are very much aware of either the positive or the negative impact that it can have on um, everybody's journey is different. However, my first birth, I wish I'd known what I know now as a doula. Were you a doula at the time? I was not, okay. no. Um, so I was in a very different role, in a corporate HR role. Um, and I, I'd had no idea. I was clueless here in the UAE, no idea of what to expect. Obviously, I'd always had an interest in medical you know, things. Um, but in terms of actual proper training, I was not professionally trained like I am now. So I wasn't aware of what to expect. And I just went along with everything. So whilst I don't always, I always say to my clients, look, I will tell you everything. My positive, it, both experiences were positive, but I will tell you everything once you've had your baby. Because I think it's really important to actually not go on about your own experiences because they can manifest and it's important not to, to always remember that every journey every pregnancy is different every birth is different mm -hmm. so i wouldn't want anyone to be hung up on the way that their birth might unfold but for the purpose of the podcast <laughs> of course um they were very very medical um so uh, I, yeah, I obviously didn't know. So yes, when I was offered to have my baby at 38 weeks, I said yes, I would love to. Um, and I w went down a very medical route. And I did end up having two natural births. The second was a lot quicker than the first. Um, but I think I was very fortunate because I think knowing what I know now, it could have followed a very mm. different path. And it was 
um, augmented, there were lots of interventions, um, and I never really knew that I could say no or challenge those. So, yeah. I think do you think that's to do with the UAE? Because from what I've learned so far, obviously we're both from the UK, where it's very midwife-led, and the UAE, from what I'm hearing from, from people, is much more like the US in terms of it's more medically-led. So was it medically led just because of where we are, do you think? Was that just kind of the natural, that's the way things were going? And because you didn't know any different, it was like, okay, well, this is what happens. Yes, I believe that you're given a lot more options. Mm. um, And when faced with the exciting prospect that one day you're going to be 38 weeks pregnant and then the next day you might have a baby in your arms, having now attended many many births I know that that is a very exciting prospect however if you look at that from a physical point of view it's not the best way and if baby is not ready to come and not your body is not showing a willingness to to labor Mm. we all know that that could end in in a very different scenario and you but you still had two natural births I did yes but were you induced I was, yes, yeah. yes. So I was offered a um, artificial rupture of membranes at 38 mm. weeks um, and I accepted and went in, knew nothing, you know, knew, knew no different and um, yeah, 16 and a half hours later I had my baby um, and it was very grueling and yes there were times when, um, as I said, the interventions were medical. Um, I had synthetic oxytocin um, and I was lucky to go on to have a natural birth. It was a a vacuum-assisted birth Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, all all without pain relief. So that's the only silver lining, but not that that matters. Um, It's just, um, it was a very, I think that having known what I know now, things would have been very different. Yeah, and that's the thing, you can only go on the information you have to hand at the time yes can't you and I think a lot of people just because it's a doctor you will you just trust them you do and you take what they say as gospel and so many women I'm realizing so quickly from doing this don't realize that they can say oh well can you explain um you know a bit more about that and do I have any other option and what are the pros and cons of doing this a lot of the time they're just like, okay sure we'll, we'll go with that then totally, you know totally. um but you're very lucky that you still got to have your your two babies naturally yes yeah and and I always ask myself is it because there was already a sign you know I had been two to three centimeters dilated Mm. you know there were signs um, and you often hear midwives who are fantastic they talk about you know favorability of a cervix you know was it because of those reasons and was I just lucky that at that time uh, the body and baby were showing willingness to to arrive Mm. um, and and that that happened that way Um, who knows yeah and so when did you become a doula Was this in between your two children, after both your children? Yes, so I have always had a passion from, oh, tiny, to be a nurse, a midwife. That's always what I've wanted to be. And um, I, as you do, went through school and university. I graduated, did a psychology degree, and I just fell into a very, very different career in recruitment and HR. Um, And I ended up in a senior HR role here in the UAE for five years for Alpha Tame. Um, But it was never really fulfilling uh, Mm. the passion that I had for pregnancy, birth, women, you know, and and health. And um, so I just, uh, I decided that after my second child in 2016, that it was time to really focus on what 
I wanted to do. So I was fortunate enough to have uh, the UK, wonderful UK company come um, here to Dubai, Nurturing Birth, oh, wow. um, which was amazing. So they trained um, a, few, a few of us to be doulas. Um, and that involved lots of coursework, lots of research, lots of practical on-the-job training. And um, yes, so in 2017, I was certified and went on to, yeah, I've been doing it ever since and never looked back. And it's been amazing. It's wow. wonderful. And did you do the course whilst you were in a corporate role? I didn't, no, I'd left um, Alpha Tame once I had Florence, um, and she, yeah. Beautiful so, name, by the thank way. You. Oh, thank you. Oh, what a lovely name. <laughs> thank you. Uh, beautiful by name, not by nature. <laughs> no, no, she's, you know, she is. She's a madam, but a, a good one. Um, but yeah, no, she, um, so yeah, I went into this, and I loved it, and um, yeah. I, I, and for people that don't know, or may not know exactly can you explain to us what a doula is? Yes, because I I didn't know. I, I've only heard the word doula since becoming pregnant and doing my research. Mm. Um, so yeah, what is a doula? Yes, so um, a doula is somebody who um, is a Greek derives from a Greek name um, to serve. Um, so basically, we are like at the hands of you, lovely pregnant ladies in birth, <laughs> pregnancy and birth, um, and we really meet your needs from a. Um, a physical and emotional comfort point of view. So we are professionally trained in the physiology of birth, so we know what's happening, you know, what, what's happening, but we are not, we're not medical, so we don't administer any of those medical procedures. We are not qualified to obviously give you, you know, VEs, take blood pressure, anything like that, nor would any of us be stepping, you know, overstepping the mark there. Um, but we provide a continuity of care that sometimes a midwife who is really hard pushed on a labour ward mm. cannot provide as much as she would love to. Um, it is something that we provide, we fill a gap and we also um, get involved in a really on an intimate level in your home. We come to your home, um, you know, meet with you in your own setting. We involve husbands and we never ever replace husbands. It's not what we do. Um, and we provide that reassurance and as I say, the so you support care. the the lady giving birth and her partner. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. And really want it to be a team, a team effort, you know, um, as you will you will get to know, Peter, that your husband will be absolutely, um, you know, fundamental in your, your birthing mm -hmm. experience. And um, it's about being a team. So we always want to make sure that husbands feel included, um, they're involved in it, that you, you two are making the decisions. We never ever make decisions for couples. Um, that is for you. But what we do do and what we pride ourselves on doing is signposting you to the right information that's always evidence-based mm. we never give you our opinions we never it doesn't matter to us it doesn't matter to us what birth you would like to have that's up to you um, and we support all births um, but yeah because I, I feel like people might assume that doulas are for women that only want a natural birth or only want a water birth but I've come to learn that that's not the case at all is oh, it you no, can you yeah. can support any type of birth absolutely and whilst we wholeheartedly believe that you were you know made to do this and the body is remarkable and of course yes women have been having babies oh longer than we can remember but we do really support any choices that you want to make
make. And yes, it seems a very outdated thing to think that if we wouldn't want to support somebody that isn't doesn't want to ha mm. not have an epidural or wants to have an epidural. Of course, you know we support all of those births, whatever it may be. It's not about the birth; it's about supporting you and your choices. Yeah. And I have supported, um, you know, VBAC births. Um, cesarean sections all of those things um, and they have all been equally ha as positive um, it's just they're just all different are there any births obviously not naming names but are there any births that really stand out for you that you just obviously every birth is so beautiful and different but are there any that as a doula you think oh, we'll never forget that Absolutely. Um, there are, a f I mean, there are many and everybody has their story. Hilarious. And <laughs> I know that when I mention these things, if people do listen to this podcast, they won't, they, we won't say names, but no, no, they no, won't, won't mind. So <laughs> one involving uh, a pretty lengthy labour in which we only really had one jumper to share between us in a really, uh, Aircon, the aircon was so cold. Sometimes it can be it in can these be hospitals, um, especially so in summer. They really pump it up. Totally. So me, husband, and mum sharing one jumper. You know, you, you're in it. You're in it together for the long haul. Um, another birth was a lady that told me that she was not in labour. Her husband was a pilot, and he flew off on a trip, and she wasn't sure whether he should go. And lo and behold, the plane took off, and obviously she went into full labour kept denying that she was in labour, and she will not mind me sharing this with you, uh, kept denying that she was in labour to the point where she's sending me screenshots and telling me that these things are happening, you know, whatever, and I'm saying, shall I come? You know, I think it might be a good idea, <coughs> bless you. Um, I think it should be a, a good idea if I come. And then suddenly, um, you know, I, I just decided to camp out at the bottom of her tower in her building. And as I got there, she said, I think you better come. And um, as I walked in, she was literally in full raging labour. Waters had broken. Um, and I was like, oh, my goodness. And you know, husband's and in, the in the air. And obviously, you're aware that home births here are illegal. illegal yeah. um, so we wouldn't want anything. We don't support that. You know, that's not something that we do. Um, so immediately, we are very much like let's get to the hospital and sadly has hubby missed it I think by under an hour he managed to turn the, they turned the plane around they got him back as quickly as possible but um, that one and the birth itself why it stands out for me is because that woman's strength was absolutely unreal um, you know from she was doing her admin on the way to the hospital and I think sometimes there's a lot to be said wow. for not focus it i think that was real some real positives with that good birth. distraction totally yeah totally i was in absolute awe of the strength of this lady who was having surges but yet her mind was focused on something else you know mm. managing her husband getting her husband back and it actually really helped so and, and then she went on to have her baby um, in hospital but in her way in, mm. in standing up an upright birth um, she had her baby squatting it was just just amazing fabulous oh that is so lovely and so the husband made it back in time obviously the baby had arrived just been born so he yeah. just came so, back and he walked in oh. it was the most emotional um, experience ever with him sort of you know meeting his new baby pilot suit a very handsome husband as well, which I'm sure she won't mind. It's like a movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. This one was. It was. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I think also for expats here, which most of us are, oh. if you're 
you know, family can't come for the birth itself. Or like for me, you know, my mum is a full-time um, working, I say working mum, that makes me sound like she still has young kids. We're all fully grown and working as well. But you know what I mean? She works full-time in the UK yeah. and her holiday is limited. So she wants to come out here, but she wants to be here for when baby's actually here. Of course. Because if she comes for two weeks and I'm not going into labour, mm. then mm. and then she's got to go back to the UK. So how we time that we'll have to see and she might just miss the actual birth so for me the idea of having a doula is lovely because it's that extra support yes um of course you have your husband and if your husband's parents can be there as well but it's that it's that person who this is what they do yes so when you're saying is this normal is this okay yes they can give you that reassurance whereas your husband might not know totally like like you um for me because i'm going to be a first time mum he's also going into this completely you know, this is this yeah. is new for both of us. It's daunting, yes. So I think, especially for expats here, yes. I yeah. could see how a doula could be such a massive support. Yes, totally. And from my experience of having, you know, family members sometimes in the room at a birth, um, it's a very different dynamic. Mm. You know, as a doula, you are, of course, you are there on, on an intimate level, but you are a professional and always should be. And that changes things in terms of how your husband feels about you. There is a vested interest in you from a love point of view. It's a, And whilst we, we love our, uh, the ladies that we look after and we really, really value them um, as people, it's different. We have a practical head on. If I have mm. a lady who's very, very desperate to have a water birth um, and I know that we're at home and everything's going fantastically well and we've, we've stayed at home for as long as possible because that's the best place and mm. where she feels safe um, and then we get to the hospital and that water's not filled up, it's having the practical inclination to say, right, okay, we just need to make sure never to step on anyone's toes but just to make sure those yeah. things are managed from a birth preference point of view well it's funny you say water births because I really want a water birth and I've sort of got my heart set on it but I'm also prepared for the fact that it might not go that way and I'm going to do a hypnobirthing course that will hopefully help me in any scenario um but how many water births have you done and what is that experience like as a doula well, now, lots. Um, it is, it's incredible. Um, so I think we, so recently um, I certified to to do water assisted birth and labour, which was, sorry, labour and birth, um, because you don't, obviously you know you don't need to, some women actually decide that they want to be in the water and then they want to get yeah. out and have baby on, on land. Um, so we recently did that training at Alzara and um, it, it was amazing. The figure that they quoted, I think, on the water birth that Alzara had done about 200 water births, I, I believe. Um, and when I think about the amount that um, I have actually seen now and, and, and done, it's actually a fair proportion of, mm. of that um, out of the amount of births I've seen. And it's incredible. And seeing the way that um, the water provides such an amazing pain relief method, um, you know, a natural pain, it really can alleviate those surges, mm -hmm. those contractions, and it's such a, what a calm entry to the world. Um, so there are so many amazing benefits of obviously having a baby in water. It's, whilst it's not for everybody, yeah. um, it's an amazing thing. It's a very hands-off um, experience in which you, as a, as a birthing mother, if you would like to have a water birth, you know, you are in total control of what's happening in there. 
um, and and it's you that's that's birthing your baby. And have most of the water births you've done been at Alzara? No, they have been mixed. I've done um, a few at, at City as well. Um, they seem to be doing more and more there. Um, and yes, and, but predominantly Alzara. Mm. Yes, I have seen the water birth room there, and it is beautiful. It is. Yes, um, it's like a spa. It is. Yeah, as if we're anywhere in Dubai. I've thrown in a mani and a pedi at, uh, as Literally, well. Literally. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's. I was blown away. Yeah. And I just thought. I really hope that baby's okay because obviously for a water birth I know you need to be low risk yes, and yeah. everything needs to be yeah kind of straightforward and, and low risk and baby needs to be okay and I just thought I really hope everything's fine because this is this is where I want to have my baby yeah like lovely. this room yeah even if I you know at some point want to get out of the water yes. the room is so beautifully lit and yeah calm and oh I just loved it yeah yeah and it wasn't a thing when I had my baby's water birth there wasn't a it's water so birth new here isn't it and I think you're pretty you you now as, as pregnant mummies you're spoilt for choice I mean Alzara's yeah. amazing Parkview has got a lovely water birth room not sure if you've seen that one I haven't um, I've, I've kind of ended up just because I've always gone to Alzara yes, I've just stuck yeah. with it yeah and because I like it I don't want to confuse myself so I yeah. haven't bothered looking anywhere else yeah no of course yeah, yeah. But they're all as equally as, as important City's got an amazing room, um, and, and Alzara and Parkview, yep, they're mm. lovely. And how many centimetres do you, or should you be dilated before you get in the water? Yeah, so it's important not to get in the water too soon. Um, it can have a, a different effect, obviously, if on, on your labour. Um, so the guidelines with the hospital are... Um, around about six centimetres um, okay. is a good time to get into the water. Um, and from your experience, when ladies get in around that, that sort of centimetre of dilation, do things tend to then progress quite quickly once they get into the water as you kind of relax or is it just literally different case by case? Absolutely, yeah. I think it would be, again, to, to give that um, figures and those expectations mm. of people. I wouldn't want to, to tell people that. Um, yes, it, it, every birth can really, really culminate in very many different um, ways. Somebody could get in, progress really, really quickly mm. and somebody could get in and not progressive quickly which is also fine and it might just be an indication that they would need to just get out and yeah. just get things going again um, but yeah I mean every situation is different but what I can confirm is that getting in the water everyone is like ah oh, yes yeah and you're also a certified infant massage instructor um, so tell us a bit about that because I don't know a lot about baby massage oh, okay fabulous yeah so in the same year that I um certified as a doula. Um, I did my training. I went back to the UK and I trained with the Gold Standard International Association of Infant Massage. Right. Um, so they're, they're the leaders and I would definitely encourage anyone that's considering baby massage to really make sure that they're looking for that logo mm -hmm. when with, with new babies. Um, and baby massage is such a wonderful way of complementing the doula service because fortunately I get to, with baby massage, I get to have my, my lovely clients from pregnancy, see those beautiful babies be born and then have another five so knowing that I have another mm. five weeks with them for that support with from me and from other mums as well is so amazing so it's a structured five-week program in which um, it includes obviously the safety of, of massage strokes um, so we we start with legs and feet and then we build all the way up to a full body massage by week four and do a bit of baby gentle baby yoga gentle movements um, but it also covers so many other topics 
topics as well, such as when's the best time to massage your baby, um, you know, why babies cry, how we can help them and assist them and, and meet their needs. Um, and other topics we always discuss with, with mums, they always want to get things off their chairs, usually their birth or sleeping, you know, all that old thing is, is your baby a good sleeper type thing? You know, we I alleviate all those concerns over a baby that should be sleeping through the night when they don't even know the difference between night and day yeah. so you know just to reassure new mums that it's very normal um, and it's just really a platform for them to come and um, and meet other mums and experience the amazing benefits of baby massage and the physical benefits of baby massage are really the um, to alleviate any constipation colic gas wind um, provide greater relaxation better sleep in a, in a gentle approach um, and the emotional aspects is really that bonding that sense yeah, of one-to-one -one touch that's a lovely way to bond with oh, your baby amazing and see for me seeing those mums even if they haven't been a doula client seeing the new mums coming with their babies and seeing what they get out of mm. their time with their their babies and we always work on the premise that the mission really is very much um, that babies are the experts and you know sorry your babies are your teachers mm. and the parents are the experts and mm. me I'm just a facilitator there just to build mums up provide them with the confidence they need to go off out and um, empower them and so what at what age does a baby know the difference between night and day because I've heard this expression before yes um, so they have no circadian rhythm um, for you any time really from sort of eight up to 12 weeks they don't okay. really know the, the difference between night and day um, and to expect them obviously they've been in your room for nine months mm. so to expect them then to to be just left you know and, and not have have that yeah and to suddenly slot into a routine yes exactly routine so yeah. again the program really focuses on not worrying about having a routine for your baby going with the flow that fourth trimester supporting mm. new mums um, and yeah providing that platform of support so it's it's an amazing way and for breastfeeding mothers um, mm. baby massage obviously is full of oxytocin in the yeah. room so you you leave on a high always um, and have your fix of those love hormones which also um, contribute to the prolactin hormone which is for, for greater milk supply and, and breastfeeding yeah. so it's really got amazing benefits there dads the involvement of dads sometimes I've seen that you do a dad yes. a specific one for dads as yes well. which yeah. I absolutely love so the cute. dads yeah with so many mums and babies it is so nice to have see the dads mm. and again for, for breast while breastfeeding is such an amazing start to, to baby's life um, if if babies are breastfeeding dads can sometimes feel a little bit excluded from that newborn stage so that it's a way of actually getting them involved in in yeah. baby massage as well so it's, it's just incredible um, yeah, because it's if like you said, if you are breastfeeding, then dad, I imagine, can feel a little bit like, oh, where do I fit in here? Yes. How can I have my time with the baby? Yes. So that must be such a lovely thing to see. Yeah. yeah. Um, and such a lovely way to bond with your, so your baby. Special. I've seen I've seen pictures on Instagram, oh. and it just looks so cute. Milk I'm like, I'm up. definitely gonna do this. Oh, this is thank you. Yeah, it's lovely, and it's actually really lovely to have some men in the room. You yeah. know, it's a nice, it's a really nice dynamic, and seeing those men, and it's not that you're asking them to, you know, go off and do do their 
wives a favour of taking it is really when they're there I can see how much they're enjoying yeah, they that one-to-one time um, with their babies mm. and for me that is just so special and I think having a really good solid dad and husband in my life it's such a really lovely to see yeah. them following on you know f- from that with babies yeah. so it's oh, nice I definitely plan on doing doing some of your baby massage oh, for sure thank you yeah I hope so um okay I wanted to ask you I'm asking a lot of my guests this um what are some pregnancy and birth myths <laughs> that we can debunk okay you you hear a lot of them as we soon do. as you get pregnant um these sort of these sort of myths come at you yeah. or old wives tales Thank or you. these sort of things so what are the ones that we can debunk so as soon as i say this first one you're gonna say there it is so dun 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 you're having a big baby <laughs> have you heard it yeah yep. okay so <laughs> not for me personally they, they haven't told me yet i'm having a big baby but a couple of the ladies i've interviewed so far were all told they were going to have huge enormous babies <laughs> and uh, their babies came out normal <laughs> okay as as they always do so notoriously um and here it is you know fact notoriously ultrasounds give us a, a very well can a notoriously inaccurate prediction of baby's weight um, so it is so often here that we hear this theme of the big baby phenomenon where people are being told mm, I'm not sure if you'll be able to sort of birth your baby because they are a bit big and let me tell you now it is not an evidence-based reason for induction or a c-section um, in one in three women in the US um, are told that their baby is too big and the reality actually is that one in ten of those babies will be big and that still doesn't mean that they can't have them a natural birth um, so I would encourage all mums to go over to you know check those evidence-based materials you've got Rebecca Decker on evidence-based birth who is an amazing source of information um, to go over and to always bear in mind that actually there's always a 10 to 15 percent variation um, either side of the weight mm. statistic so and it is a myth it is a myth and it seems to be something that is rolling off the tongue quite freely and can i ask louise is that does that go the same then for your due date as well because if you're if you don't know your last period or the day you conceived does that mean that ultrasounds can also be off with regards to when you're actually due totally okay so that would be another myth that your baby is going to come on this one particular day um so yeah and again the statistic there i think three to five percent of babies will arrive on their due date um it is so minimal that a baby mm. you know that a baby will sorry will actually arrive on that date um and again and and it's i think i mentioned to you earlier is that it adds pressure on you to think that at 40 weeks you're going to have this baby in your arms when the reality is is that you may have another two weeks to wait yeah. um so it's just a, an increased pressure that you mums don't need you'll have relatives family so some, some people really choose to not even share their due date and their estimated due date for that reason and I can see why mm. um, because it's a lot of increased pressure and like anything babies will come when they're ready yeah. Um, yeah so that would be another myth and then the other myth that I am sure that you have um, heard is that women need to birth on their back have we heard about that one? Um, yes, and I think it's um, this derives a lot also for first-time mums from what they see on TV and in movies. Yes, 
because this is usually what's depicted mm. a yeah. lady on her back <coughs> screaming yeah. in hospital yeah you don't really see a primal animalistic woman on very all fours rarely. do you when yeah. the reality is is that birth is a very very primal mm. primal thing um, so yeah so the myth is definitely that that women should all be birthing on their back and the astonishing statistic of that is actually that 68% of women in the US um, are birthing on their backs and and 23% of them in a sitting on the bed position with just head raised. Um, it's under 5% of women are having an active upright birth, which is, I mean, under 5%. When, if you look at really the logic of it, that gravity is working mm -hmm. for you, if you're flat on the bed, your baby has got to come, you know, basically work harder, work harder and get round that towel bone. And, um, you know, so it really does make logical sense for a lady to be... Um, you know, on, not on her back mm. um, because of, of gravity. Um, and, and the question really about that comes around, is is that more convenient for a, a healthcare provider yeah. to have a lady on her back? And again, this is comes to making your, your choices as a woman and when you have a doula, um, it's whilst we don't make decisions, we encourage you and empower you to obviously challenge those things mm. um, and look at the evidence, just look at the evidence always. Yeah, because I, I watched a YouTube video um, of this beautiful birth in Finland. I've been watching loads of like positive mm. birth mm. videos and I'd never seen this before. She had a birthing stool, I think it okay, was. Yes. So basically she was, um, she was sort of squatting mm. and her husband was behind her and there was this stool that was arranged so that mm. it could hold her up. And I did a bit of research, and this is like a really sort of like ancient thing. Um, and yeah, it makes sense with the gravity. Amazing. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, logically, lying on your back, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, does it? It, it doesn't. And when you look at the actual hospital beds like um these super duper equipment that you have and i have seen it happen so there's no excuse i've seen the beds mm. break up yeah, they move. you know move and, and move up and down so women can squat be on all fours um so there isn't really any reason why a woman shouldn't be and i think the mess the key message there is that a, a woman birthing woman should be birthing in whichever position yeah. she feels comfortable because it's her birth um, mm. and of course yes the statistics will show that an upright birth um, will reduce episiotomies reduce the need yeah. for assisted assisted birth such as vacuum um, forceps and actually will have a more favorable um, favourable outcomes in terms mm. of maybe a shortened period of pushing yeah. in stage two. I have heard here though that they do tend to like you to get up off the floor. So if you are on all fours, they do tend to ask you, you know, if you're literally about to give birth, they try to get you on the bed. I've heard this quite a lot. Mm. So again, I think that just comes down to having the right support there and having, I almost feel like your doula is like your, your buffer because you'll have had so many conversations leading up to the birth that you know to say well if baby's heart rate's okay and mum's okay then why does she need to move yes like, yeah she can have the baby where she is yeah that's a really difficult one really difficult i think and a very fine line for us mm. doulas because whilst we 
advocate obviously in terms of birth preferences, never would we ever want to overstep the mark in terms of uh, you know treading on any medical mm. professional stoves. And it can come across as the wrong wrong way. Yeah. You know, if you're suddenly saying no, she doesn't want to move. You know, and things like that. So, I think it's still very important to remember the role that we do, which is not to be um, you know a spokesperson, um, but it's to and the lead up to those meetings as you will find having a doula is to constantly reinforce and empower you to be able to say that um that you you don't want to get yeah. up you know and that's reinforcing that's not what you want to do or your husband doesn't want to do or whatever you know it's all about that um because i think we do have to be careful as well as doulas um of course we always will stand by what we believe in um but it, it, it that, a that's line. a difficult yeah. one yeah um and that just leads me on to the last thing which i'll say is that to always ignore this myth about you are not allowed you know or are you allowed to do this or are you allowed to do that yeah. you are allowed to do whatever you want to do this is your birth your baby your and your husband's choices mm. so you don't need a doula to do that for you that hopefully if a doula's done a good job leading up to your your birth you were going there with a the confidence that you need to be able to say and you know you're totally coherent you're you're still you know in a very much a powerful as powerful as you will have ever have been in, in labor um, and it's about knowing that your husband knows what your choices are and what your decisions are so that you can both um, speak up for, for those wishes yeah so, it's it's that um, sort of knowledge is power thing isn't totally it? you yeah. need to be aware that you have because it amazes me that a lot of ladies don't realise that they can say no or question oh, I something. Know. Yeah, including me, you know, and this is something, like I say, you learn, You never a truer statement than you live and you learn. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, you, you don't feel like, and I think as well there's that very British element of, you know, Sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't want to be I'm sorry, I'm not talking. I was in I'm sorry, I'm not talking. I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry about this. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm in pain. You know, I'm sorry, yeah. you know, all the time. But actually, um, you know, it's okay to actually say, no, you don't yeah. want a vaginal exam or whatever. Or, 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 and, or even if you're not going to say no, just ask why or you know why why do we need yeah. to do that and always look at the brain's um, concept which is always to ask what the benefits of something are what the risks are mm. what are the alternatives what's yours and your husband's instincts telling you to do how about we wait what if we do nothing and always have a smile on your face because positive energy is is key mm. so that's a really oh, good love thing analogy. to remember yeah I was actually listening to a podcast this morning and they were saying that here you are a patient but there's almost an element of you're a client as well because it's private medical care mm. so don't feel embarrassed or awkward mm. Mm. about speaking up or even changing doctor or this is something you're paying for at the yes. end of the day. Yes. So it is a very British mentality, isn't it? Of, oh, mm. I just, I'll keep quiet. Yes. Never mind. Accepting. Um, accepting. When actually, no. Yeah. You know, you can, you can say, yeah. you know, like you said, all those things. Um, I love that. What is it? Brains. Brains, yeah. And it's if you're so not great. happy, I've never heard that before. Yeah, really good. Um, so use it. Again, you probably come across it in your hypnobirthing. Yeah. Go uh, through that checklist. Yeah. Um, and don't feel, yeah, don't feel embarrassed. Mm. Yeah, no, but yeah, totally. it's, it's such a British thing. We just apologise before we, we do, do anything. We don't do, we? we totally do. We're willing to accept <laughs> things that you know, and then afterwards you think, oh, why did they? Why did we do that? Or why did you know yeah. that happen? So yeah, definitely, always 
except you don't want to be one of these people continuously challenging everything because there are no, really times and, and again that's something that really I think is important to say that um, you know ultimately sometimes medical decisions are made that are absolutely yeah um, and thank god we have those medical oh my goodness as well. yes yeah totally yeah but if you do want to go down the natural route and everything is fine yes. um then yeah definitely yeah. definitely work off off that model totally. and even if you're not still work off that model yeah yeah um because you know we can all go into i've heard people say it's not a birth plan it's a preference yes because you can't really have a plan no yeah um all you can do is, and i'm starting to realize is just prepare yourself as best you can gain as much knowledge so that whatever happens you feel in control and calm and like you are part of the decision making that's like all you can really hope for totally and that is such a healthy outlook peter honestly i couldn't tell you anything more than that and i think when you when you're a new doula we spoke about this at a doula meeting the other day and um uh, i said you know when you're a new doula you really want to you you feel in your heart you want to promise somebody this ideal birth and you feel that someone's approaching you to have a doula because that's what they want of course you know they want a really positive experience but it's important to manage expectations always reiterate that we don't have a crystal ball um, we can't make things or magic things ha- happen you know in a certain way um, and always see the positive outcomes it doesn't mean that just because your plan or your preference doesn't go letter by letter that that's going to be any different it's about how you perceive your birth yeah. to be so that's a really healthy outlook yeah and hopefully if all those things you feel empowered in that way it will be positive regardless yes and also all you really want i mean i'm only 19 weeks and i'm like i can't wait to meet this baby so god knows how i'm gonna feel when i'm 38 weeks (laughs) you know i'm already just like i'm dying to meet this little person of course so really you just want your baby safe like that's all that that's all you really care about and that's all that really matters um for all the mums to be listening what are the top three items classes or services you would recommend investing in Okay, so might be a little bit biased here, but um, I would 100% say, obviously, to hire a doula. Number one. (laughs) I mean, you know, come on. Uh, Aside from the jokes and everything else, I think that um, the the model of continuity of care is, I mean, it's statistically proven that obviously to have a doula by your side um, increases your chance, obviously, of spontaneous labour, decreases the need for any medical pain relieving methods, mm. um, decreases epidural usage, um, decreases those any negative feelings around childbirth, um, and actually decreases the use of maybe um, assisted births such as vacuum, episiotomies, all of those things, mm. forceps, um, and, and a C-section, and a little bit of a shorter labour hopefully. Yeah. Just having that, that person by your and your husband's mm. side, is, is it's an investment, and I always say to people that I meet if I'm having an interview or something, it's really hard. I totally appreciate it. It's really hard to see the value in a doula until you have had one by your side. So I always encourage people to to meet, you know meet a few doulas. Um, also have a look at, at testimonials. Have a look at feedback. Speak to clients. Speak to husbands. I yeah. say to dads, would you like to speak to one of my other dads? You know, and and hear how they've how they've found the service or whatever. Because it really can't be you that's sort of. It's just an, it's an unknown entity, isn't it? I mean, even yeah. for you now, you know that the doula is something that you would like. I but want one, and you're it's not top sure. of my priority list. Oh. For me, it's a financial thing. Yeah. I can see the value. 
I want that rather than any baby clothes or anything that anyone's going to gonna gift me. Mm. Um, and actually someone said to me the other day, well, if you are going to have a baby shower, ask oh, for contributions yeah. instead of gifts. Yeah. If you really want a doula, mm. um, and this lady was saying, uh, she's such an advocate for doula, she's not a doula herself, but she was saying, you know, that is an investment. Think of how much people spend on their weddings. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, and I thought, yeah, that's a really good way of thinking about it. Like for me, I could immediately see the mm. value. Mm. Um, you know, I was sold straight away, and I was like, yeah, this is this is something I want. Mm. But yes. yeah, I know for some people, they might think, oh, well, maybe this is a bit of a luxury. Yes, or, exactly. Yeah. And I and I also appreciate that. Um, and I think maybe the role of a doula might be different from country to country. I mean, the UK, yeah. it's obviously up and coming. And yes, it might still be for the 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 wealthier uh, people. But here, as you have mentioned yourself you're away from family um, it, it's it's an amazing and it's amazing to be part of, of somebody's life as well and we do such so much more than just the the support obviously I'm a massage instructor for babies so I do a lot of massage on my mums I do you know having that counter pressure mm. um, relieving dad from bending over and, and massaging your hips yeah. you know we it's literally sometimes you know blood sweat and tears in there and, and a bit of amniotic fluid yeah. thrown in you know so um, it it can be, and and we dedicate our life to sometimes, you know, births to sometimes three days. That you know, we we really do give give those hours. So hopefully, you when you do get to experience it, you will feel that, and you'll feel that um, there. So that would be number one. Uh, number two, I would say absolute antenatal preparation. Mm. And that doesn't always mean spending loads of money. Um, if you do have um, you know, money to spend, then of course um, you might like to do a hypnobirthing program, which they are incredible. And I definitely have seen um, the benefits of yeah. that, having clients that have done hypnobirthing programs, um, just being able to get themselves in a zone, um, which is amazing, breathing techniques and everything. But most of all, all the antenatal preparation classes which whether that be in a, a private private function or a hospital setting um, definitely mm. invest in some sort of education for yourself yeah. so that you're fully informed you and dad yeah. totally together in it together have a laugh have fun um, but but know what what it is yeah. that you're you're dealing with that practical information and obviously evidence-based information mm. along the way just to make sure you are fully prepared because as you have quite rightly said knowledge is power yeah. so you you'll know what your choices are um, and number three obviously a baby massage program you would need to sign up to that um, with do la la of course um, so um, great name by the way <laughs> Thank you. The name was derived from obviously being a doula, but my initials are LA for Louise Atkinson. So on the way to Car Four one day, I was like, "Oh wow!" You know, I've just suddenly thought of the name Doula La. So yeah. that's how it. where it, it came so from. Suits your personality and aura. Oh, as thank well. you. I love it. Thank you so much. That's nice. Um, and, I, and I love. I can't believe my initials. I mean, how's your luck that your initials are it was LA? Nice to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I've spoken to you in depth about the program, but obviously, I would say that it is jokes aside obviously for you as motherhood is a challenge it's a challenge with a newborn baby as rewarding as it is it is challenging so um, to know that you're actually signed up to getting out um, with your baby with mums in the same boat um, lowering those risks of isolation yeah. postnatal depression um, it might be something you feel is an investment obviously at the time when you're pregnant but actually if you look at the long term 
getting out to that class and seeing your baby change and grow over five weeks is incredible, not only for mums, but for yeah. me as well. Seeing those babies that I've seen born, watching their little legs grow, you know, it, it, it's just, honestly, it's magical. Where do you do these classes, Louise? Yes, so on a, I run two, two group classes a week and they're on a Monday and a Wednesday. Okay. So on a Monday, they're in um, Child's Play Nursery, um, Almanara, our Wazzle area. And on a Wednesday, I work out of Malak, uh, mama and baby maternity care so it's a beautiful studio in there um, and I've been doing that now since since 2017 yeah oh, wow. um, so yeah it's been, been oh, fabulous. I, I like I said I'm definitely gonna do this I think it's such a lovely way to bond with your baby and to do something that's I imagine those early days are very sort of like repetitive you know yes feeding sleeping burping changing so to get out and do something that's yeah. a bit different yeah totally. I think because there's not many things you can do with a brand new book no. maybe yeah. so to be able to go out meet other mums do something that's mm. an activity yes um, yeah that from that early stage and can you go literally from a newborn baby it's suitable from newborn okay. babies um but the ideal time probably for me is, is probably around three three i've had babies in that's been three weeks three to four weeks brand and new. that's oh brand new bubbers and they you know seeing that journey yeah. from a new mum i mean i'm looking back on my own you know, recent mother journey of, of three week old baby you know and seeing them grow over five weeks is just it really is incredible um, and i think sometimes it's easier to stay in as a new yeah. mum it's easier to say well i'm not going to go out today but i think this does push you outside of your comfort zone for the better well you, in, a, in a lot of cultures they stay in for 40 days they do, don't they yes now being english this is um growing up you know friends that have kids if everything's all right within a couple of days we're in the pub yeah. having sunday dinner and yeah. the baby's there do you know what i mean like you are. It, and you might have had your baby in the corridor <laughs> in the nhs hospital and, and that is just normal <clears throat> so yeah. i uh, you know in my mind i'm like well you know my mum's going to be here if everything's okay you know why can't we go and and go i mean it's going to be summer so we're going to have to mm. keep it indoors unfortunately but you know why can't we go to you know cheesecake factory in the mall and you know i, I and maybe i'm looking at it with rose tinted glasses and the reality might be different but other mums i speak to culturally because it is different mm. they don't leave the house for 40 days no i know and I don't know if that's to protect from germs or... I, don't I know think what, there are certain is. aspects. I think the germs, yes, definitely. And I think there are some cultural aspects like... Um I think in Indian culture, it's to protect them from, you know, evil and things like yeah. that. So um, I think those elements are. But I don't think you're looking at it with a rose-tinted glasses. I think it all depends on how you feel. Yeah. I think if you feel well enough and you feel fit enough and you feel like it's something that you want to do, just like your birth, you're the decision yeah. maker, you, you do. But just be mindful of how much you're obviously taking on. Um, but it's safe for babies. So even before they've had their jabs at eight weeks yeah well, it's safe my, for them to be outside isn't it well it is totally but i i mean i, I always go, live by what my uh, lovely midwife drew at health base said on in our antenatal class which i'll never forget her classes um and she said you look put it this way you wouldn't be taking your newborn baby into car four on a friday you know at 12 o'clock in the afternoon i don't even want it's to go to car four on a friday at 12 totally <laughs> totally so it's about again isn't it having that sort of element of common, common sense. sense um you know you know what sort of month it's going to be in dubai you know what's where where to go and what sort of it so 
you are the expert. Yeah. You do what you feel is right, um, but there's no reason why you shouldn't take. And actually, open air and, and space for babies is would appeal I just for me this, anyway. Would would yeah. I just have this sort of like vision of my mum here and us being able to sit in a nice cafe together and mm. you know me yeah. hopefully breastfeeding and yeah. having a chat with my mum and yeah. and being out with my lovely new pram and oh. like I, that's how I sort of yeah. see it. Yeah. I don't. Um, you know, I'm quite a homebody anyway, so I do love being at home. Mm, yeah. But I think also you can slip into that, like never leaving the house. Totally, thing. yeah. And then it becomes such a big thing when you do leave the house. Of course. Um, whereas if you just kind of get in there quickly, <coughs> it's not so much of a kind of. Um, it's not so much of an event, is it? Yeah. It becomes normal. Yeah, I really agree with yeah. that. And I think, yes, you, you, it's, in, it's in also important for your own sanity and your own to have human contact and yeah. get out. So, yeah, I would, I would encourage mums to get out if they feel like it. Of course, it depends um, on your recovery and how you're feeling. Yes. How yeah. baby is, of course. But if, yeah. if everything is, is fine. Yeah. I mean, my mum, I think we take on a lot of what our mums mm. and grandparents um you know if you're lucky enough to still have them around sort of their um approach to birth and parenting as well because my mum and my nana are both very practical they both had really straightforward births mm. you know you have the baby next day they're at work you know that like they have yeah. this whole sort of mentality yeah. so that kind of rubs off on me a little bit as well which is amazing and i'm exactly it is, but i also don't want to it's different for everyone as well. It but is. It get you, you, I feel like you almost inherit a little bit of that, that sort of like, oh, well, you know, yeah, why not? Yeah. You know, a couple of weeks after I've had the baby, why can't we have yeah. coffee with a girlfriend or yeah. you know that's kind of how I how I feel about it but yes. that may change totally and I think that sometimes as well I mean I live by my mum you know she is my hero that's it you know I, I want to do as yeah. she does and, and everything else but um, certainly for some others it can be to the detriment of their own parenting journey especially yeah. when we talk about an in baby massage class we do talk a lot about um, the cry it out method and things like that which are, are very non-gentle approaches mm -hmm. and can be quite an old-fashioned view that um you know let's just leave the baby to cry because they will just learn yeah. you know that i know i know my mum and nana didn't do that yeah. they're both very kind of um gentle warm. Kind, yeah. yeah i know yeah. that i know that they didn't do the the mm. cry it out mm. um but i i also know that there was a period of time where that was like the number one there was like a best-selling book well, wasn't there it and it was, was, it was sort of like that, yeah. the thing, and, it, and it? yeah people used to say terrible things you know like oh if you leave the baby in the garden you know to cry and um you know things like that don't worry about it they'll soon stop well i'm sure they will <laughs> you know it's um yeah and it's you have a very old-fashioned statement any very old-fashioned views yeah um so but you know we come wisdom there's certainly elements of wisdom that come come through yeah and, and just trusting your instinct mm. as well mm. you know we cry and it's usually because we need something yes so of course yeah the, definitely the same for a baby yeah. um okay we're going to do a quick fire round now are you ready i'm ready <laughs> what's your one piece of advice for first time mummies expect the unexpected um so um be kind to yourself. Know that every day is, you know, ride the waves, embrace the exhaustion, ask for help, um, accept support uh, in whatever capacity, whether it's practical, whether it's emotional, and it is okay not to be okay. And if you don't feel okay, 
get some help and speak to somebody, speak up and say, because it can easily be sorted out, um, you know, or, or you can be referred to somebody that's, that can help you. So be kind to yourself. Yeah. Oh, that's all, yeah. Music to my ears, all of that. One thing you've learnt about yourself after becoming a mum? <laughs> oh dear, apart from the rapid grey hairs, um, I think I have learnt that things do not always go to plan and that is fine. Um, it, it's encouraged me to slow down, have patience um, and hit the pause button when I really need to at times. Yeah, you need to look after yourself, don't you, to be the best mum you can. You do. And if you're not okay, as I always say to my mums, if you feel that you need a rest and you're taking on too much, if you're not okay, you can't, won't be okay yeah. to, to look after your baby. Yeah, and we're so lucky here that there's so many amazing services that you can, if you don't have live-in help. Um, I know Malak offers some great services like sleep trainers and um, lactation consultants so that if you are feeling like you need that little bit of support, there are people on hand that can oh, be there within yeah. 24 hours. Oh, it, or less. Or yeah. less. I mean, yeah. Malak do have some fantastic services. They've got lactation consultants. And as of Health Bay, all of those mm. places um, where you can get a lactation to come, consultant to come yeah. to the hospital even. Um, they do visits to the hospital. And, um, you know, if that's what you need, basically here we are spoiled for we choice. Are. You we can really have a midwife are. round to you within hours. Um, you can see a lactation consultant, um, you know, very quickly. Um, so yes, you yeah. are you are right, and and have take advantage of all these amazing yeah. services. Yeah. What's one thing you wish someone had warned you about before you became a mum? Oh, it's blooming hard work. The rewards are amazing. Um, the rewards, yes, they are immense, but the hard days are hard. And um, I wish somebody probably had said um, to me that, you know, some days will push you to the limit and, and, and that's fine because the next day will probably be better. Um, but it's meant to be that way and it's okay, you'll find your way and just to instill confidence in, you know, somebody as a new mum. I wish that that was probably a bit more spoken about as a reality. I think you're pregnant, you're having this lovely journey, you're planning this birth, and then you think that you're gonna have this beautiful, you know, well, you are going to have this beautiful baby, um, but that's then you've got to look after them and keep them alive. So mm. it's blooming hard work, but yeah. it's, it's worth every moment of it. Oh, have this all to come, Louise. You do. Favourite thing about being a mum? Oh, wow. Undoubtedly, the feelings of unconditional love that you give and you receive. Um, the cuddles, the smells, um, holding your baby in your arms that's yours, the baby that you've made, uh, that you've grown, that you've fed. And you know, when you breastfeed, obviously you, you watch your baby gain weight and you know that that's you doing mm. that. Um, and even if you don't breastfeed, you know, looking at your baby and seeing them growing and knowing yeah. that, that that's motherhood. Um, and having, giving you purpose, um, that, that's what I love. It's a role that you will always have purpose, mm. yeah. Yeah, I already sort of feel that becoming pregnant. It's your life suddenly has this new purpose. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, and your priorities completely just change. They yeah. completely shift. 
um, your headspace is in a different zone. Mm. It doesn't mean that you're not the career-driven person that you was and that you've put all that behind you. You don't lose your identity. Um, you just have a purpose yeah. and your headspace. Your priorities are you will do anything for your children. Yeah. What does motherhood mean to you in three words? <laughs> Job for life. <laughs> <laughs> Which is all, we all just uh, want job security. Oh, we do, yeah, except we're not paid for it, are we? Um, but yes, I it think... It costs you money. Yeah, exactly, I know. And I think you'll, you'll know from you've spoken about your mum and your lovely nana, um, that, you know, our mums, we never stop being mums. Um, once you're a mum, we're always a mum, and, you know, that is, that is what motherhood is, is all about, and it is definitely a job for life. I said to my mum when I found out I was pregnant, because like, she, she was coming here in November, and I found out a few days before the, the blood test was confirmed, so I thought, right, well, I'll save it for when, once she lands. So I picked her up from the airport, and I told her, and it was lovely. And um, because it was still so early, it was like six weeks, and I said to her, God, I'm really worried. You know, I know that this is sort of the most um, fragile time, I guess, mm. in the beginning, the first 12 weeks. And uh, she really reassured me. And then I said, but even after 12 weeks, then, you know, you're worried about getting to 20 weeks and then you get to 20 weeks and then you're worried about, okay, getting to that 28-week mark and, and so on, so on. And she said, yeah, P, that's, that's being a mum. You mm. never stop worrying. Never. Never. She's like, I still worry about you yeah. and Phil, my brother. I'm like, oh, okay, so this is what it is. Yeah. It starts from yeah. now. Yeah. I'm just, and it's not like it's it's, worry that cripples me and takes over my no. life but it's just there quietly yeah. like I yeah. hope everything's okay yeah. hope, you know that is exactly that's it what my mum says yeah. yeah and I'm fortunate to have her here a lot the job that I do you know I'm really happy but I, I hear your mum totally because yeah. I can hear mine saying exactly the same thing you never stop worrying yeah. from the moment you're out and nightclub and they're waiting for you to come home every day is something different and I'm learning that you know from with the age gap of three and five every day is something different so your kids you know, are three and five three now. and five yeah and the gap's closing and it's, it's getting easier with them you know at those ages yeah. but it's there's something every day now it's you know homework whatever it is there is will always be something and always yeah and my mum always says if it's easy you're not doing a good enough mm. job it's meant to be hard so remember that yeah. yeah and I'm so excited for you I'm and your still journey. giving my mum things to worry about now so I know that it never ends oh, <laughs> I sure. still mess mum needs to talk to you about this and she's the same with her mum as well yeah you know and it's yeah. lovely yeah. just you know as you grow up um yeah there's uh, there's there's different things that you have to juggle and yeah. deal with and you always need your mum always yeah. like I don't think there's ever a point where no you're too old yeah to, to ask no, your mum for help. No, definitely not. Yeah. Never be afraid. Yeah, brilliant. Louise, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm going to put in the show notes your Instagram handle. Um, you have a website, yes. right? Your yep. website, so people can find you. Thank you. Um, and hopefully sign up for, if not a doula, but also for your baby Thank massage. Thank you so much. Classes. And I wish you. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure I'm going to be part of this journey and hearing from you. You already and are. Yeah. yeah. Um, so thank you so much for having me it has been an absolute pleasure and oh, you are lovely you. and you're going to be a wonderful <laughs> mum oh thank you, you and are. congratulations on doing your first podcast thank you Woo! thank you thank you so much thank Louise. you bye
Bye. Thank you once again to Louise for sharing her time and knowledge with Life School. You can find links to Louise's social pages, website, and contact details in the show notes below. If you'd like to find out who my guests will be on the next episode of Bumps and Babies, please do follow us on Instagram at LifeSchoolME, where you can keep up to date with all our news and find information on all our amazing guests. And finally, I would be so grateful if you could show some love and please rate, review, and subscribe to Life School ME the podcast to help us reach and hopefully inspire more listeners. Thank you for listening to Life School. Conversations to inspire action.